Dave Revson was the first on-air hire of the Big Ten Network. That was back in 2007. Now 10 years old, the Big Ten Network is celebrating its anniversary on Wednesday. Revson remains the face of the network. He was born in Urbana, believe it or not. While he was here covering Illinois football last week, he caught up with Lauren Tate for this week's Tate Lines Unedited, a 27-minute conversation. They dealt with Illinois football, Big Ten football, and the direction the league is taking. We'll be back with their conversations after this. Hey, Jim Rosso, News Gazette Media, reminding you that every day at newsgazette.com, there's a bevy of podcasts for your listening pleasure, from Jim Turpin's Penny for Your Thoughts to Scott Beatty's Sports Talk to interviews with the movers and shakers in town on The Morning Show. Check it out, newsgazette.com. Search for podcasts. This is Lauren Tate with Dave Rebson of the Big Ten Network, and I got to go back to 19, what, what is it, 1969, born in Urbana. Was that Carl Hospital? It was Mercy Hospital. Mercy Hospital, which is okay. my understanding, is no longer. Okay. I'm hoping the two were not related, my birth <laughs> there and its demise. <laughs> well, that uh, goes back to Urbana, and, and what was your dad doing? My father was a professor at Illinois. He was an accounting professor uh, in the business school there for... I think they were in Champaign for about five years, and then uh, left to go Western, had a period where he was at Wisconsin for one year as a visiting professor, and then, but the bulk of his career was at Northwestern, but but he started in the business of Illinois, and uh, so I was born there, and my sister lived there, uh, they, they moved, she was very young, and she went to preschool and stuff there, so uh, we have some pretty deep roots and good family friends that are still there. My father, unfortunately, passed away. In 2007, right as BTN was being launched, actually, uh, or as I was being offered the job, it was it was pretty painful uh, oh, time. Wow. But um, but anyway, he he would have loved it. It's it's really such a shame. But yeah, yeah so that's our that's our family story and our, our connection to to the Champaign Urbana area. Well, today is August the 30th. It's a Wednesday. It's the 10th anniversary of the Big Ten Network, in which you were a part of. What made you come along at that point? You were at ESPN for about a decade, weren't you? I was. I was there for just shy of 11 years, Lauren. And I've told this story a little bit in this kind of lead-up to the anniversary. What has been what was really interesting for me was, uh, and I told the story about my dad. I mentioned my dad. He, he actually read a story that Teddy Greenstein did in the Tribute in 2006, talking about the launch of the Big Ten Network, and my mom said that, he said to her that that morning, you know, if they know what they're doing, they'll hire Dave. <laughs> and uh, it couldn't have been further from my mind at the time. I remember seeing the press release and just kind of being like, oh, okay, yeah. I just didn't understand what it was going to be. I never had a sense for the, the vastness of, of the scope of the network. And, and so I probably wouldn't have given it much thought. But they asked me to come uh, for an interview. It was pretty obvious as I walked into that interview that, that I was the only person they were targeting for that job at that point, just kind really? of the way they were talking. And, um, and I basically came up, you know, just to hear what they had to say. But, but my, I was very happy at ESPN. Um, I was in a contract negotiation, so it wasn't necessarily a bad time to come talk to them. Uh, but, uh, but we, you know, we wanted to stay. I mean, we weren't looking to leave. We, we loved it there and, and had had our kids in that area outside of Hartford. It's a really nice place to live. Um, so we, uh, you know, I kind of went just to, to hear them out 
And it became apparent in the course of the conversation, as I was talking to Leon Schweier, who was the original executive producer, that this was a much bigger network than I understood. It became apparent how badly they wanted me, that I really was a huge priority for them. And it became apparent what a wonderful fit it would be for me. And so all of this is happening, Lauren. You know, you're kind of, it wasn't my mindset going into the interview. So you're, my mind kind of started racing while we're going. And I'm thinking, wow, this would actually be really cool. And this would be perfect. And I'd be able to be back in Chicago and uh, near my family. And, and my dad had been sick for a long time. And so at, at the time, he's still alive. And so I thought, well, you know, that would be great to have him be near his grandkids and all those things. And, and so I walk out of the interview and they said, well, we really want to have you back. and want to have you talk to Mark Silverman, the president, and Jim Delaney. And I said, okay, you know. Well, There's two guys you don't say no to. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I didn't know who Mark Silverman was at the time. Obviously, I, yeah. I knew the commissioner. I, I hadn't had any interaction with him, really, other than I think I had met him in a press box once. That was the extent of it. Uh, but anyway, so they said, we want to call you, but, you know, have you come back in a week or so. And, and I remember walking out of the interview, and uh, they had a temporary office on Michigan Avenue at that point, And I kind of ducked, ducked into one of the department stores, and I called my wife, and I said, hey, uh, I think I may actually want this job. <laughs> and her exact line, I will never forget it, she said back to me, that wasn't the plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, so, uh, But then when I explained it to her, uh, she was totally on board. She's incredibly, incredibly supportive and, and has been. I mean, she, we have known nothing but this life. We started dating when I was doing local news, and you know, I've never had a real ordinary kind of typical existence, and I'm sure you can relate to that. I haven't had weekends off and that kind of thing. Uh, and she's incredible, incredibly supportive and a great sport on it. And when I explained to her what it was, she said, well, you know, go for the second interview and let's see what happens. And I went for that. And, and that totally sealed it for me. I mean, I, I love Silverman and Delaney. What's interesting to me about it, this, uh, you coming from ESPN, is, is the fact that negotiations between Delaney and, the ES, and ESPN were kind of behind what caused the, uh, him to think about having his own Big Ten network. I think he right. was un- it, unhappy with, wasn't he? With, uh, with oh, yeah, absolutely. No, he, um, and, and we talk about this in, in the show that's going to air tonight to mark the 10th anniversary of, the, of BTN, and we've got a series of shows. We have a prelude show tonight, which is kind of the backstory of the beginnings of the network, and then once a week for uh, the next 10 weeks, we're going to roll out um, kind of each year, a retrospective oh on each year of BTN. So, you know, I look back at 2011 or whatever year it might be. Uh, and in the Prelude show, Delaney talks uh, quite a bit. He, he and I sat down uh, in the spring and, and we discussed kind of that negotiation. And that is what the impetus for it was. You're absolutely right, Lauren, was that he was unhappy with the, the numbers that uh, Mark Shapiro, who at the time was president of ESPN, uh, laid out for him in terms of an extension for the Big Ten's rights. And so he kind of had this notion in his back pocket, in the back of his mind, about, hey, well, then we would launch our own network. And, and you know, Mark Shapiro very famously said to him, well, that would be a roll of the dice. And Commissioner Delaney responded, consider them rolled. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> uh, no kidding. So, yes, but I remember, I mean, that's what's so funny. Like, I remember getting the press release where the Big Ten said, we're going to go out on our own for these third-tier rights, and we're going to start our own network. And, of course, I was at ESPN, and I believed strongly in the power of the worldwide leader. And I said, you know, kind of in my mind, I was like, oh, yeah, well, good luck with that. I wonder how that'll go. I mean, it never occurred to me, well, gee, I want to be a part of that. It just, 
because it was so foreign to me. It, it just wasn't anything that anyone had done, and, and it seemed like a risky proposition. But then when I talked to Mark and when I talked to Commissioner Delaney, I was convinced that, that it would work and, and, of course, really flattered that, that they wanted me to, to be the first on-air hire and to be the guy to kind of uh, lead the charge in terms of the on-air product. Uh, let's talk about the growth of it from in terms of households. Have you reached a hundred million yet? Are you? <laughs> no, uh, I don't know how many were available in. I think it's uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of like in the high eighties. People who could get us, okay. Um, but I think we're we're in about sixty million homes. I think is the number. So there's sixty million people who could turn on their cable or satellite or whatever it might be, whatever way you get your television, and, and would have us today and then there are additional ones who were they to subscribe if you're outside of the footprint for instance you know you could subscribe and get it but i think 60 million is the number where we are i don't think anyone's in 100 million anymore i mean i know espn's oh that's is, right 100 like they dropped down 80. yeah they were they, yeah. they were down to 88 and in fact they had yeah. dropped about 12 million uh, right but I, I the reason i i bring it up is because the addition of rutgers and maryland um creates for me a kind of a tricky uh, to, to to understand it because I know that you've got a lot of cable, you know, with cable uh, Time Warner and Cable Vision out there and, and all. But I'm wondering how many people in New York actually watch Rutgers. Now it's it's not a fair question, I know, but it's something I wonder about. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I don't know uh, necessarily if they're watching Rutgers, but I will tell you that we get I get ratings internally, and our ratings in New York City are really good. I mean, okay. I think another. Another way to think about it, Lauren, is how vast the alumni network is in New York for for schools like Illinois would be a great example, Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, these are huge, world-class research universities which churn out a ton of graduates who are very successful people every year, and a lot of them end up in New York, and and a lot of them end up in Washington, D.C., because these are two of the epicenters uh, of business and uh, you know, kind of enterprise in the United States, obviously New York being financially the most important city in the country. And so there are a ton of Big Ten alums all over that area. So whether or not it's specifically catered directors uh, in terms of the fan base, I mean, I, I certainly think there is some of that, but I also think that there's a vast concentration of other Big Ten alums in New York City which helped drive those ratings significantly. Well, you gotta, uh, you, you gotta realize I'm an old codger and I, I, you know, the bringing in of Rutgers and Maryland, uh, particularly when they have the meetings out there in New York or in Washington or the yep. Big Ten tournament out there and I can't go to it. I think, what are they doing in this league? You know, and I, I think there's some of us in the Midwest that feel that way, but I'm a long way from arguing with Delaney. When he and Silverman do something, I figure they're, they've got a reason for it. And I think, right. And, and I, I mean, I hear you, Lauren. I certainly get that from other people. I mean, as you're well aware, you're not the only one who feels that way. Um, I guess the thing that, that I have always, well, first of all, I mean, I, I do think they're good fits kind of in, in the types of universities they are and, and in spending time out there. Um, but I would also say, you know, I think Commissioner Delaney really looks, one of the things that has blown me away about him, frankly, and, and being around him and in understanding the way he thinks is he really is a long-term thinker. And I think he has worried a lot about kind of, or, you know, what, what the future of the, the league is and, and making sure that it's well-positioned. That's a big part of, of what he does. Now, they tried to do a collaboration, as you'll remember, with the Pac-12. It was going to be a scheduling collaboration. I think it was actually the Pac-10 at that point. 
um, which was a way they felt like to expand without expanding, Mm -hmm. uh, that they would play a football game every year, everyone would have a a Pac-10 opponent, and that they would have something similar to the ACC Big Ten Challenge Mm -hmm. with the Pac-12, and and that didn't work out. The the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 backed out of it. And so then all of a sudden you're, you're kind of back to, okay, like how do we take our league and expand it into areas of the country that where, where we aren't right now? And especially when you saw all the shifting that was all already going on in the landscape of college sports. And, and so I think that's the calculus behind it. But, but I get it. I mean, I understand traditionalists, and I think if they move the tournament out there every single year, I think people would be really upset. I mean, I think it's still you know, going to be a league that's, largely based in the Midwest, but, but if you're going to expand and you're going to have those teams in your league, I think it's only fair to occasionally bring your product to them. I oh, mean, you otherwise have to they do feel it. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it, but you have to do it. What does it right. mean? It's a technical question, I guess. Fox owns 51. Fox Entertainment Group owns 51% of the Big Ten Network. What does that mean as opposed to 49%? That's really more of a question for Mark. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I don't really know. None of that uh, has impacted kind of anything about the way that I do my job. That's right. That's um, like you know, me, we, you asking me about circulation at the News Gazette. I don't know anything about it. I just write stories. <laughs> right, exactly. And so uh, I do know that, that that number flipped. Like I think mm-hmm. at one point the majority ownership was the Big Ten, and then I think there were certain thresholds that had to be met where then the majority owner became Fox. I'm not sure how that worked, um, but it but – I'm sure there's a reason behind There's no doubt there's a reason. I just don't know what it is. Probably maybe because them uh, first choice of some things. I don't know, or at least they got the vote. Anyway, let's. I, I, you're the one guy who kind of, uh, you, know, you got Griff and Donardo. They hit football. You got your basketball piece. You hit both. Uh, yeah. What's it like working with Griff and, and Donardo? Well, as you know, we get along really well. I mean, I think you've seen us enough to know that we really enjoy one another's company quite a bit. Um, it's interesting in that I worked with Jerry at ESPN. We hosted the companion radio show to College Game Day. for I did it for six years. I originally did it with Mel Kuyper, and then he left, and, and then Jerry and Todd McShay picked up for the last couple of years that I hosted it. And so I got to know Jerry really well in those two years. Okay. It's like College Game Day. It's a traveling show. We were on all day for eight hours at wherever the site of College Game Day was. And so you get to know someone when you travel with them. And, and I just thought he was really good and obviously had the connection of, of having been at Indiana. And so when BTN offered, you made me an offer, they said, what do you think in terms of studio analysts and, and I brought up Jerry's name and, and they liked his work and ESPN had made him an offer to stay in much the same way they made me an offer to stay and uh, he, he chose to come with us so that was great and then Howard you know Howard I think was supposed to do Illinois games That's as, right. as a color analyst he was going to be color right he, he was and um, and then his name ended up in the mix of, of as a, a studio analyst and I remember seeing a, a DVD of some work that he had done from out in Denver and just thinking, wow, this guy is really good and, and he could be great. And of course I remembered him as a player very well. And, uh, they, he, he came in, the three of us went out for lunch, had a great time. And, um, you know, next thing you know, we're on the road as a trio before we even launched, we went and covered, you know, each of the 11 schools and kind of met the coaches and, 
spent time watching practice just to kind of let them know who we were and to become more educated on the league. And so we got to know Howard pretty well at that point. And, and I, he has navigated it brilliantly because I think it must have been a tough situation for him that, hey, here are these two guys who really like each other and they've already worked together. And now I'm kind of being thrown into that mix. And, I, I mean, I feel like we're really welcoming, but I still think that's, that's challenging and intimidating. On top of that, Howard had not covered college football so there was a steep learning curve for him, and he was just awesome from the word go. I mean, he worked his tail off. Um, I know that he, he has said he kind of had a deficit in terms of what he actually really knew in that first year, but you never would have known it on the air because he prepared meticulously, uh, and, and he's just great. And, and so I have enjoyed working with those guys. I mean, we travel, we do this bus tour, which we just finished a week or so ago, I, we do it, you know, every year, and we're on the road for 20 straight days together, and I always feel like the ultimate testament to how well we get along is uh, nine nights out of ten when we're <laughs> on the road, we go out for dinner together. Oh, good. And I think I think that says something, you know, you know that, that we would choose to spend more time together even when we don't have to. You know, Howard had a deficit when he came to college, too. He was a, he was a walk-on. <laughs> so he was, oh, the, I know. he was the best walk-on. Then he was the best guy covering kicks. And then somebody decided to put him in the backfield and scored eight touchdowns in one game. <laughs> I mean, he that's wasn't what's bad. amazing about him. You know, that's what's incredible, Lauren, is, is, and I think that just is a testament to kind of who he is. Um, right. Yeah, you come as a walk-on, you turn into a great player, at, you know, set the NCAA record for single-game touchdowns, and then you don't get drafted, and then you're a practice squad guy, and, and you, then you're a practice squad guy on another team, and you end up scoring, you know, a couple touchdowns in the Super Bowl and paving the way for a, right. a Hall of Famer switching positions, going from halfback to fullback. I mean, he is. There's just there's no quit at all in in Howard. I, I just have so much respect for him, and and he's a super guy. I mean, kind of as I've gotten to know him, um, the respect has only grown, and that's not always the case with people. You know, sometimes you get to know people a little bit more, and you're like, oh well, okay. You know, not not exactly the guy I thought he was. Uh, you know, quite the opposite with Howard. I, I just like him more and more with, with each passing day. Now, uh, how many football games will Big Ten Network do this year? Do you know that number? Uh, I think it is around, I think it's in the 50s, but I don't know the exact number. And Again, what, what will be your assignment in those games? Uh, will you be in the, in the studio most of the time? Well, I start the season in studio for non-conference, although I'm actually doing play-by-play for the Illinois-Western Kentucky game. Oh, good. Okay. We'll, be, uh, we'll, get, you on, we'll get you on our Saturday show. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Uh, that'd be great. Um, so doing play-by-play for that game, doing studio early in the year. And then, you know, last year we launched this tailgate show, which yes. is an on-campus pregame. And right. so I'll be hosting that this year. So we'll be on the road. Uh, with myself and Jerry and Stanley Jackson and Spice Adams, and uh, will that so be in Grange, kind of mix. in Grange Grove, or is that where that's going to be, or where, where will that where will that tailgate show be, or in studio? Uh, it goes from from location to location. So we we were at Illinois last year. I don't know whether we'll be there or not oh, this okay. year. It will kind of depend on on how the season goes. But yeah, we did. Uh, we were there for uh, a game last year, and, and we were in Grange Grove, and that was that was a blast. What a tremendous location that is! And you know, hats off to Josh and everyone else in the athletic department because I know they've done a lot to, to kind of spruce that up. Um, but that was that was really neat. I got to get around to asking you about the teams that you've just seen, but I want to ask you about Dan Dockich. I I love to watch Dockich work games. Do you, uh, 
Have you got any? Have you had any close relationship with him? Or well, you know, he was an analyst with us for the first year that he uh, did on air work, and then moved to ESPN. So yeah, I've spent a lot of time with Dan, and uh, we were in the green room together, and went to the Big Ten tournament and covered that together, and and so I got to know him pretty well then. And I'm sorry, uh, he, he, I'm sorry, I I, <laughs> I had a, a a brain lapse there. He's with ESPN now, of course. He is with ESPN, yeah. So he spent one year with us, right? Uh, and then made the move to ESPN, and um, you know, just uh, a real character, someone who's not afraid to share his opinion, uh, and and was really entertaining to be around in that green room. I'll tell you that. Well, I got to ask you about your trip, because you you've just seen sure. all fourteen teams, uh, and at least you got to see them all work out. And by the way, that's a terrible play. How, how does Northwestern uh, hold practice in such a shabby place as they've got there next to the lakefront? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you believe that, Lauren? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody can compete with that, can they? You saw it. Oh I haven't seen gosh. it in person. It is unbelievable. And wait until you see this indoor that they're building. I mean, it literally sits on the beach. It's enormous. I mean, it is absolutely huge. It's costing like close to $300 million. It's, I mean, it's just jaw-droppingly beautiful. Uh, it, it really does speak volumes about, I, I know maybe Illinois fans don't, don't want to hear this, but, but it speaks volumes about how things have changed. Well, Jim Phillips is a, is a ton. You, oh, you want to watch him, he's, he's climbing. Unbelievable <laughs> yeah, unbelievable AD. I mean, I, for, you know. Has just done an incredible job. He's a great fundraiser. He has a really a great vision for the place and, and understands kind of how it works and how to navigate it. But the notion that they would give that piece of property over to athletics, you know, 20 years ago at Northwestern would have been so utterly laughable. I mean, athletics were something that, that they didn't want to talk about. It was a necessary evil, basically. At the university, they weren't interested in succeeding. They didn't put any money into it. They didn't care. Uh, and, and it started changing with the Rose Bowl. I mean, Gary Barnett was, was probably the impetus for, for getting it going almost by mistake. And then they realized, oh, wow, this actually could be a good thing for us. It, really, but, uh, it, but, it looks nice on film. I, I, oh, it's incredible. And Jim's done it. He's done an amazing job. And an Illinois grad, as you know. Absolutely. He's a good one. Well, I wanted to ask you about the teens. What did you see? What, what, uh, I, I know you're going to tell me Ohio State looks like the best team, and, and can anybody compete with them? They do look like the best team. I mean, physically, they're always the most impressive team, and uh, that really hasn't changed in the 10 years we've been doing this. It's always interesting to see kind of who the closest team is to them physically, and I'll tell you this. When we started BTN, it was Illinois. Uh, I, physically, Ron Zook's teams were probably – the closest to Ohio State of anybody, which uh, is, is interesting to think about. Um, this year, I'd say Wisconsin can compete with them somewhat physically, certainly on the line of scrimmage. Uh, I would say Penn State has a couple of absolute studs. Yeah, uh, they're, they're not as deep as Ohio State. Michigan is probably physically as impressive, but, but the issue there is just the, the youth on that team, or the relative inexperience, I guess, might be a, a better way of putting it. So to me, that's the top echelon, those four teams. I do think Ohio State looks like the best team. But I'll say this, Lauren, they couldn't throw the ball downfield last yeah, year. and They really right. haven't been able to for two years. Yeah. And that cost them. I mean, obviously cost them in the college football playoff. They were anemic offensively in that game. 
And we did not see great evidence when we were there that that has improved. Now, maybe they were just kind of hiding it from us. Well, but, maybe there's a limit. Know. Maybe there's a limit on what Barrett can do throwing the ball. I mean, they they like him as a runner, and he's got all that experience, right. and he's a third year captain. But I, yep. I, I guess uh, you know, I I think that is that is a, a problem for them. In, in ter- if they get if people load up on him and force him to throw, which they're going to do. Yes, I think they will, and that's why they brought in Kevin Wilson. I mean. Yeah, give Urban Meyer all the credit in the world. Not that he needs any more credit from me, but uh, here's a guy who, when there is a problem, he recognizes it and he goes about trying to find a way to solve it. And that was the solution that he came up with: was bringing in Kevin Wilson, who, as we know, is a brilliant offensive mind. So, well, let's kind of see where it goes. Quick rundown on the line, I. What do you? Very think? young, very young as you know, and, and I, I just think that's, while, while it bodes well for the future, I think it's really encouraging that they brought in a class which wasn't necessarily that highly touted. I mean, right. I think there was, as the at, towards the very tail end of recruiting, it felt like more people recognized that, oh, well, you know, they got a few pretty good guys here. They closed but fast, yeah. They, they did, they closed well. But still not thought of as the top half of the Big Ten class, and yet they have a lot of guys who can play. I mean, they said they don't feel like they missed on anyone on the offensive side, which, I mean, that's really hard to do. We'll kind of see what, you know, ultimately whether or not that plays out. I mean, I think even the best programs miss on some guys. But, uh, but, but it speaks to how impressed they are with this group. They're going to play a lot of them right away, and I, I just that concerns me because that, as you know, is not a great formula for winning right now in the Big Ten. But it could be a formula for winning a year or two from now. And, and you know, I, I know patience is hard to come by when, when you've had five straight losing seasons. But you've got a staff that clearly knows what it's doing. You have a really good athletic director. And, and I do feel like it's headed in the right direction. But, but it's going to be a challenging year, I think. I got one last question for you. I don't know if you can answer this. How many points did you average at Dublin playing point guard? <laughs> well, uh, I was I was an off guard, uh, okay. like, like I, off the floor. Um, <laughs> uh, I did. I I do remember that uh, I had I think one game where I scored a double figure. Okay, I, I did. Yeah, I played for Trinity College Dublin. The uh, I I had a scholarship the year after I graduated from college uh, through something called the Rotary Clubs, which certainly anyone who lives in Champaign, I would assume, is, is familiar with okay, Rotary. And, yeah. Uh, all the good that it does in, in local communities and in the world. They sponsor these worldwide scholarships that are an incredible deal where you go, you're an ambassador of goodwill and understanding. They pay for you to go abroad for a year, and your job is essentially to, to speak at Rotary Clubs in your host country. So it was a great gig. While I was enrolled at Trinity, uh, I did play on the basketball team. And just to give you a sense of the basketball team, Lauren, I always like to say that every game we played, was standing room only. And the reason the reason for that is because there were no seats in the gym. So it gives you a sense of college athletics in Europe compared to in the United States. But but yeah, I do I do remember Well, um, it gave you, know, you an idea of what these players are up against when they go out and play against each other, you know, that you, that you did that. But uh, yeah. one last uh, point I want to thank you for the shout out on uh, when you were here for the with the Big 10 network. I I got to talk to Donardo. I didn't get to talk to Howard much, but I've talked to him many times. But anyway, thanks again. I appreciate it. I hope I'm here when you come around next year. <laughs> I think I hope are, you are I, I hope you're there when we're coming around for the 20th. I, I think people I, are I, starting to doubt it. <laughs> no. I I uh, you know, I really 
like I said, I mean, I'm 48 years old, and, you know, my parents read your stuff in the News Gazette when they lived there. And, <laughs> you know, it's just, I mean, I have, throughout my career, I've obviously followed Illinois closely, and I've, I've always kind of been aware of, of your work, and I, I just, I think it's awesome. I mean, I just really, uh, I have a ton of respect for, for what you do and the coverage you've given Illinois through the years, and, and so it's just always a pleasure to to walk out of that practice field and see you there, and, and I believe we will for many, many more years to come. Hey, Dave, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I'll see you for the Western Kentucky game the second weekend for the Illini. All right, sounds good, my friend. Thanks, Lauren. All right, thank you.